Dash Galaxy in the Alien Asylum. You've fought your way out of tight spots a hundred times in a dozen solar systems, but you haven't seen tight till you accidentally land in the mental ward of the universe. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And that's it. That's us. We're dropping like flies over here. <laughs> it's too bad what happened to Joe. Right. He checked himself into the mental ward of the universe, and uh, we wish him the best. He's going to recover. Yeah, he should be back in early 2028 at the very latest. That's what I've heard. But for real, though, if Dash Galaxy is in the mental ward of the universe and he's fighting a bunch of bad guys, are these bad guys or are they just mentally unwell people who maybe don't even realize the actions that they're doing? Now, you, you're talking to me as if, like, you know that I read the manual. I did not. Like, as if, like, maybe there's some context in the manual about what kind of insane asylum we're in. Um, but I just sort of saw it as a bunch of puzzles, you know, uh, without insanity. Right. So you're thinking this is like Arkham Asylum, where like <laughs> only the world's worst people have been put into the alien asylum. Only the galaxy's worst people. Galaxies, right, right. The world's worst people are on Arkham Asylum, but <laughs> <laughs> reference our Batman episode for that. But in Dash Galaxy... In his universe, there's just one gigantic alien asylum, presumably its own, like, you know, cool Death Star-looking space cell that, like, they just house people in. It's like a planet that was turned into a prison. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I don't now, know are you true. making that up? Absolutely, I'm making that up. Oh, okay, good. good. Here's the I thing about <laughs> Dash Galaxy in the, um, in the alien asylum. When you start this, well, first off, before you even start the game, if you just look at the box for the game... It looks like it's uh, one of those like 1950s sci-fi things. So this is clearly like a parody of that. But then when you start the game, it has this like cartoon drawing of Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum as if it's like some cartoon show that you didn't know. <laughs> so the whole thing is either like it's parodying something else or it wants you to believe that it's like part of a larger franchise. But best of my knowledge, Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum is just this one NES game. Yeah, that's that's pretty strange. It it definitely sort of markets itself as part of a larger IP. At, le at least just like with a name that cumbersome. <laughs> right, you have to say the full title every time. Dash Galaxy in the Alien Asylum because presumably there are other adventures like James Bond. Do we ever do that though? We don't say like James Bond in Doctor No. I mean, I think in some contexts you might, but uh, that's not like the proper noun of the movie, right? It's just Dr. No. Right, right. And James Bond in Dr. No, if you know the movie, that sounds more like a porno parody. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those people are characters, so have I at guess, it. I guess what it more sounds like is uh, uh, it's another like Ray Gunn Ray Gunn sci-fi thing, uh, Buck Rogers. It'd be like Buck Rogers in The Adventure of the uh, 
tourniquet machine or something along those lines. It, whereas there'd be more dash galaxies and things like that. But no, it's just this. Right. So the, yeah, maybe this was just the start and then it could be spinned off into anything. The, the whole like 1950s sci-fi uh, aesthetic, Star Trek aesthetic, whatever it is. Um, does it carry over into the game though? Or is it just kind of in the art? It only really, it's really just in that intro. Uh, because otherwise this, I mean, it definitely has a sci-fi aesthetic to some extent, but it, it gives off more like early Prince of Persia vibes, at least with like just the, the way that your character is anatomically correct to a weird extent. And like the jumping kind of feels like it's supposed to be, uh, physically possible and like low gravity at least. And, uh, then the overhead like puzzle segments uh feel more like a a standard like jrpg to some extent slash uh i don't know the 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 look is all over the place yeah so that's a great point john because it 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 switches between puzzle and platforming so the platforming is your traditional side scrolling levels um and then the puzzle element is this uh overhead view similar to legend of zelda or something where you're pushing blocks to then, like, um, you know, you could soft lock yourself if you don't push the blocks correctly, but you're pushing them to reveal entrances that lead you into the platforming sections. Inside these platforming sections, you're collecting items, um, of which, like, it's kind of unclear to me <laughs> which yeah. items are the actual important ones or if you should just be about collecting everything. Uh, but presumably, there's like a key that you want to collect to continue climbing the asylum through each floor. And you know what floor you're on because there's a nice number on the rug. At least they took the time to put the numbers on the rug. Everybody does that, right? Like in your house, you have uh, the number one on your first floor and the number two on your second floor. Yeah, I just have the one floor, but it does say three on it. Yeah. It says three on the one floor? Oh, because well, you're on I'm the third on, floor. I'm on the, the third building. floor. Yeah. Got it. Well, that's I helpful. I only get the one. Yeah. Right. And everybody should do that just to help people who don't know your house that well. Like, think about it. The Alien Asylum might be one of the most dangerous places on Earth, but at least they took the time to label it for Dash Galaxy. Yeah, that was the one OSHA rule that they didn't break. Sean, you familiar with the box art at all for Dash Galaxy? You gonna take that as a no? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, totally into it. I, I see, like, you know... It's kind of like Mega Man for some reason. Yes, like, with the I think very it's the photorealistic face. face. <laughs> yes, yeah, like the this, the ultra human. I don't know. This guy looks like he looks a little better in shape than Mega Man. He kind of looks like a football player who then became a space cadet. I'd say has, that this is that the same guy. Like this was him before he turned fifty. Like, just before he turned 50. Right, right. And then Mega Man is him after he turned 50. So if that's Dash Galaxy, can you tell me where he is in the video game? Uh, Like, he's there. Because I don't... No, I don't see that guy. I don't see that guy. (laughs) They don't even have the same color hair, let alone any of the same uniforms, these white gloves, these black boots. Like, none of that. The, The character in the game couldn't look any different than that. The character in the game looks like they're wearing, like, a Star Trek you know blue suit it looks like you know the you know the the memo that got sent to art was just like a man 
surrounded by the enemies from the game that we developed, and you'll you'll get references for those uh, in in like a cyber like a cyber setting. Because um, like you can I can recognize some of the enemies like they're that bird is all over the place like some there are those snakes and in, in some areas. But yeah, it's just yeah, that's not him. <laughs> right. They just forgot to tell them what the actual main character of the game that you see all the time on screen looks <laughs> yeah. like. But never mind. Okay. So Dash Galaxy couldn't make it. So now you're here. We'll just make that the story, right? Now it's you instead, the player, uh, going through the alien asylum. Forget about the puzzles because that's it's they're not really puzzles, the same thing over and over again where you're just pushing blocks and yeah, sometimes there's hazards, sometimes there's not. Um, but you're just using those as a means to get to the meat of the game, which is this platforming thing where you described very accurately as like at the at, at, at its simplest, it's a Prince of Persia wannabe when it comes to the way that the character controls and the way that it wants you to handle the platforming. But that's kind of where I would draw the line between how this is like Prince of Persia, because yeah. otherwise this is a um, like uh, Wizards and Warriors style collectathon where it just wants you to collect all these different symbols um whatever they mean some probably are just for points some are for other things some are for invincibility i wasn't keeping track i was just collecting them but uh along the way uh other than the platforming there are enemies that are just kind of in your way and the only way to deal with these enemies are bombs that you don't have you just have like a very (laughs) limited supply of bombs you start with none you have to find bombs and then when you do have bombs they very quickly go away so just don't worry about the bombs and instead think of yourself as the um you know the most impressive man in the universe who just doesn't kill <laughs> i mean so okay i know that at least one of them is a key to open the door back to puzzle land over the head puzzle land um and then i'm pretty sure that the, one of them is bombs you can you can get more bombs by picking them up in the side-scrolling area. The rest, I have no idea what they are, what they're for. Um, and one thing that I... like, I know that you can use the bomb in either, in either setting, whether it's the side-scrolling like, platformer or the puzzle part. Um, I always just reserve the bombs for the puzzle area because they can be used to destroy those like laser gate hazards or i believe even if you if you do soft lock yourself you can just destroy blocks um and so i i saw them more as a tool for that uh than to try and like destroy these enemies because otherwise your health they give you a pretty generous amount of health and there are no like iframes so you're just kind of continuously taking damage if you intersect with an enemy but an enemy or a projectile, but like you, you, you're pretty well protected. Yeah, and you mentioned the health bar, which is actually your oxygen meter. Yes. Um, I don't. I never thought of this before, but I suppose if you get hit by an enemy, it would make it harder to breathe. So that would also make your oxygen meter go down. There's no like separate hearts system where <laughs> if you run out of uh, hearts, then you're also dead. It's just oxygen. But the oxygen is something that you constantly, um, you know, you need to m- measure that because basically the time that you in the room, you're like running out of oxygen. However, this is quickly solved by just leaving the room. Every time you enter a room, you get a new fresh supply of oxygen. So is 
Dash holding on to the oxygen and not letting the player control when they refill? Or is there like little like oxygen uh, tanks between the rooms that the aliens left for him? How is he refilling the oxygen and why is it so plentiful? It's every single time you exit and enter a room. All right, here's where here's my canon guess. Basically, the areas between each room have airlocks and they have all the oxygen and he's and there's like little plugs that he plugs his like belt oxygen pack in and so every time you sort of pass between rooms He's just refilling off screen. It makes perfect sense. And you might think, shame on us for not reading the manual and not <laughs> knowing what these items mean. But I would offer the opposite, right? Because when you let, let me break it down for you. The other items that you can find are detonators for your bombs. So this way you can control when they go off. Uh, stars, which if you collect 10 of them, allow you to become invincible for a short period of time. Please note that that also makes Dash Galaxy 10 times weaker than Mario at the at the least because Mario <laughs> just needs one star but Dash Galaxy needs 10. Uh you can also pick up oxygen flasks because it wasn't enough that they just regenerate between rooms. There's also time to pick them up in between areas inside the same room. And then there are lives which are more rare those are the hearts um but those give you a full life and then there are switches of which you must turn off all the switches in each room before you exit in order to consider that room complete ah switches and those are like the they kind of look like medals you'd get in uh in the war right uh yeah that's a you know what i didn't (laughs) think of it that way but i see it i see it a hundred percent it wouldn't it would make more sense if they were just anything other than the like because they look now the, the way i interpreted them as light switches so are you flicking all the light switches into the off position and I like guess this that's is a what they're green mission. Like, yeah. This is like a, you know, oh, like this place was really bad for the environment. So we need <laughs> you to power it down. I like that. Um, I don't know why the door's unlocking whenever the power goes out, but, uh, you know, fail deadly. Fail no, that makes sense. The, the power, the power on is keeping those doors locked. And so the only way to escape is after you've turned off all the power. Yeah, it's a terrible design decision, but who am I to to uh, second-guess the Alien Asylum Corporation. Right. And now follow-up to my point about shame on us for not reading the manual. It's not really shame on us because should you need to read a manual to understand the purpose of all these different items? Like, isn't it a little strange that we just played through the game and no items were particularly, like, out of reach or strange to us that it was, like, unclear what we should be doing? It just felt like, all right, I guess I'll just grab all this stuff because it's kind of <laughs> just there inconsequentially well okay so one i think it, t- it takes a certain kind of game for manual reading to be uh absolutely necessary and like you know if it's an rpg yeah sure maybe i should read the manual and know what you know what this mechanic means or whatever um but when it's a game as simple as this i think you should be able to get away with not reading it but on the flip on the flip hand, um, we kind of did, you know, like we still right. were able to understand what the game was about. <laughs> we yeah, just and it, didn't really know what we were picking up to do it. Even though I was able to understand the game, I questioned a lot of the design decisions throughout this game. Uh, I think it's about time that we talk about um, how how Dash controls, if that's even really supposed to be Dash. He has a weird <laughs> walk-run system. He has a weird jump system, whether he decides to 
um, you know, take like a very long jump, a pretty impressive long jump at that, or take a very high jump. Uh, that is different depending on your motion. If you're, uh, if you're in the run position, you will uh, take the long jump versus if you're standing, you'll be able to jump very high. Uh, I don't know that to be true in real life, but it is true in whatever gravity uh, Dash is dealing with here. Second off, the walk versus run thing isn't something that is really um, momentum-based. It's just kind of how long you're holding down the D-pad in that particular direction. He'll just automatically switch from walking to running. That feels like something that is solved today by like uh, pushing down on the actual... Um, on the actual cursor, uh, the, what is that, like the pushing L3, right? Oh, to, yeah, like, yeah. Toggle to push a down sprint. the analog stick, yeah. Right, to like toggle a sprint, or even, uh, you know, I, I could think of a couple Super Nintendo games that do this. When you double tap to the left or right, that activates the run mode versus the generic walking mode. Uh, neither of those things are present here. Instead, it is just this uh, quick switch. It's really like his... His brain mentally switches to "I should run," and he just immediately starts running. Uh, yeah, it, it's not the. It's really, really the controls in this game more than anything. More than the weird like, let's just throw symbols all over the room. Uh, let's make it so that you can't fight enemies very often. Like those design decisions could be considered strategic puzzle things in one way or another. It's this. It's the way that you go about controlling this character in a platforming game and making that difficult. That is where I start to question um, the designers. Yeah, it it's like they're definitely going for it to be a momentum-based movement scheme. And like you get that with the fact that there is a couple moments of walking before you're running. Um, excuse me. Um, and then you've got like when you're on a trampoline, like each each like hop will give you a bit more uh, a bit more height. And uh, like stopping is also it takes some time. Like it, it's it's sort of like that th th that's got the slipperiness of Mario, but it doesn't feel as good. And like, so yeah, they they were definitely trying to make this like a, a Prince of Persia momentum based game, uh, but it doesn't really doesn't really hit. Like you said, that whole that whole like walk to run just feels off. Like it it's like maybe a second and a half. Of holding down a directional button before you get to that run, and that makes some jumping fickle. So I feel like if they did execute better on this movement thing, maybe it would be a better game. Um, but I don't, I don't really know if there's all that much here anyway. Like even if this, even if this controlled perfectly, do all of the other factors in this like make this something interesting right like if you put a character that controlled like mario or mega man or um uh ninja gaiden it, you know if you had a good controlling character would it be fun to have them move around this side-scrolling environment and collect these items i think the the issue there is that it's still not just the fact that, like, yeah, items are just kind of laid out and you just have to, you know, avoid pitfalls and enemies. The issue there is the, the size of the rooms, which are all the same space. It's just how they lay out the platforms. There's really not, for, for a, a momentum-based character, there's really not a lot of room 
to do any of that kind of stuff. Like in Prince of Persia, an example you used earlier, like that is a game that purposefully designs the, um, you know, the gaps and the floors and the traps to be based on how the character controls. And in this game, I feel like most of the levels are designed without thinking about how Dash responds. Like most things are just like, you know, like the trampolines, for instance, they just feel like something that you use because they couldn't figure out any other way for Dash to travel between these two Absolutely. areas. So, yeah, I think that's that's a perfect way to articulate it. The, the difference between this and Prince of Persia is that Prince of Persia, while it is it is difficult at times, like it is designed to be uh, to, to get you into a state of flow. Like if, if you're good at that game, you can kind of just everything kind of feels second nature and you can it, it feels fluid to go through these levels and in this game it it doesn't have that like every every platform seems to be designed to slow you down unless it's explicitly like trying to get you to like go down a series of slides and then jump at the right moment like those those moments are few and far between and then to make up for that and how like this is just hard to get around. They just litter it with trampolines, which in and of themselves slow you down because you have to get like you got to build up height. Um, and that was their band aid. Um, so yeah, just poor execution on the movement. And it's not that like the platforming or the um, top down puzzle sections are um, disjointed from one another. Like I think it is interesting to uh, separate. The game plays this way. It's not just switch off all the switches and then this way you get to the door that just takes you to the next stage. Like, it is nice to break that up. But I feel like, again, something about the design of the game, like, they just feel like two separate styles, if that makes sense. It definitely is. And I'm not... I, I don't think that either one is, at its core, a bad, like, sketch of a design like um you can have I, i'm fine to just push blocks around all the time because i i liked chips challenge back in the day and that's pretty much all you do um but it is just like the i don't know if it's the size of the levels like you've got these pretty expansive um side scrolling platforming areas um they're not that big but they're big in comparison to the block sliding areas, which is just sort of like maybe 16 by 16 like uh, squares. That's just a guess, but it feels like that. Um, I think maybe if these were bigger and the, like there was more of an opportunity to like think more creatively in how to get out of these like block areas without getting yourself stuck. Uh, there would be more of like, Okay, like I've had enough of the side scrolling. Now I want to do some uh, overhead puzzling, and it it would just keep making it feel fresh. Whereas it just in this way, it all kind of just feels like different forms of meh. What goes through your mind when I tell you that this is the same developer, not publisher, developer that also made Back to the Future and Bad Street Brawler? <laughs> um. I guess I would say that neither of those games really feel like each other, nor do they feel like this. 
it it would make me think that they developed this game before either of those. Huh. But it obviously didn't work out that way. And what's even more interesting is the developer, uh, Beam Software, um, you know, they, they have a, a large library of games, but just those three that I picked out, which are their three games on the NES so far, uh, that consists of Dash Galaxy is a Data East game, Back to the Future is an LJN published game, and Bad Street Brawler is a Mattel published game. And now those are three publishers that are also kind of like on our list, if you know what I mean. And so... <laughs> Um, I'm not sure like what the answer is here. Like Back to the Future, you we always chalk that up as to like a licensing thing, and sometimes you know sometimes licensed games can be great, and other times they can be like X Men, and uh, you know you know what you get what you get. But Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum is the first one because Bad Street Brawler. Sorry to not be clear about that. Bad Street Brawler also kind of made sense because that was the Power Glove. It went with the Power Glove. It ha- even had, like, a special move that could only be performed with the Power Glove, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum, I agree with you that it feels like it was almost like something that was made first and then just, like, shelved because it feels like it's their own thing, right? Like, it's not, it's not a franchise. It's not for a toy. It's like their mascot was going to be Dash Galaxy, and then it just wasn't once the game came out. This This game feels more so than... I'd say most NES games that we've covered. Uh, and I know we've played ports, but this feels most like a game developed for like a PC system that just found its way onto the NES more than pretty much anything else we've played. Uh, between the graphical style and the the pace, it just feels more PC to me. Yeah, there is something about just the way that Dash looks in the game. Like his... His sprite design that is so foreign to maybe like the Japanese developers that we usually uh, see games come from. It just feels so foreign that, yeah, I agree with that. that his design alone could convince me that this is a Apple II game first. <laughs> and, yeah. and then it became an NES game. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's not like that. It's, it's actually just an NES game wow. and never got ported. Uh, which is even crazier, I suppose. But obviously, all this to say, there are no sequels and spinoffs for Dash Galaxy either. This was uh, something that I imagine was released and did not uh, sell well. It's also just rare to to see a game that doesn't have any other, like, it, maybe they're not a port, but they were co-developed for different systems. It's see, it's and for it to be like a non-first party game. And I think with all this information, the only thing left to do is uh, put Dash either in or take him out of the asylum in the essential games list. I really think that our conversation about the box art was the eureka moment for me here, where I started to realize that I want to I see what that game is. What's the game that I bought based <laughs> on the, you know, like, like, where is that game? Because... This is like an example of a game that you you buy it at like a thrift store and you're excited and then you open it up when you get home and it's not the same game. It's like you thought you were getting Metal Slug and then you open it up and it's FIFA. You know, you're like, oh, damn it. Like I should have checked the box. I should have checked the cartridge as well. Instead, here uh, with Dash Galaxy, I just, I really think that what they made was not so much incoherent, but just really boring. And then couple that with the, control issues of being dash 
And I just don't think they made anything compelling in this game. So I, I'm keeping Dash in the asylum. I'm voting it not essential. Sean? Yeah, we didn't really keep our uh, our votes a secret uh, prior to getting to this segment. Um, I do think that this is a pretty underdeveloped game, even though at least the ideas are more uh, unique than the typical uh, the typical game that we don't keep a secret about how much we don't love. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to make sure that he has to serve his entire term and doesn't get back to Omicron Percy I-8 before dinner. What's funny about games like these, Sean, um, that are rather lackluster and that we just kind of quickly uh, reveal our hand and say, yeah, like, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's suspenseful when we get to the essential games. This time it's not. I don't feel like this is the last time something like this is going to happen. I feel like this will continue to happen forever on the show, especially <laughs> as it gets more popular. What's funny is, is that like in, in NES, like, I don't know, like we played a lot of garbage, but there's a lot of like good games. I feel like in today's uh, economy with the like Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 5 and like just the, the amount of developers and the amount of money that video games bring in, it's even harder if we had to do this chronologically uh, for something like the Nintendo Switch because so many games get released with no guidance from anybody, no quality control um, that like, yeah, no. Dash Galaxy like snuck in, right? And like Nintendo didn't really care. And uh, and by that, I mean about their own uh, seal of quality. The seal of quality, which I should mention on the box, is like really prominently displayed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a great look, Nintendo. But at least like... For at least Switch, there's a barrier to entry. Right, uh, right. For like Nintendo today, Switch, there's no barrier. Yeah, with, with Unity and all the other engines that make... You only need to like read the back flap of a, of an instruction manual to understand like go Godot engine or whatever. Like at least there's some you need you need to be a part of a company or just be really good at programming to make a game uh, in the in these times. And now it's 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 just anything goes. Next week we'll be playing Destination Earth Star. Uh, that's naturally the place you go after an alien asylum. Uh, uh -huh. Destination Earth Star. Uh, do you think that's like a separate Earth, or is that like Earth is getting swallowed by the sun? What what, what a I think it'd here? be like uh, you know, um, Earth Star is just the sun. So you're it's about piloting a ship into the sun. Okay, I like that. Um, seems like a suicide mission, but maybe that is the ending. Uh, we'll find out next week when we actually play this game. Destination Earth Star to me kind of screams shmup, which I think Sean was hinting at in his Essential Games list vote that he's tired of seeing that genre. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going anywhere either, just like bad games. So we'll find out. If you like Destination Earth Star, uh, be sure to tell us before next week's episode. Or if you're listening to this like three years later, it's still okay to tell us. Just email us at nostalgicast.com or join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash nostalgia, so you can tell us on Discord. Or... I don't know, carrier pigeon, just whisper, send it to Mike. It's going to happen. So you, like, that? that is your carrier pigeon address, is just Mike. You were able to get that? Well, because there's only so many. See, back in the day, no. But there are so few carrier pigeons these days that I believe, by my records, I am the only Mike who uses carrier pigeon. So the pigeons kind of, they talk about it. You wow. know, and they know, like, oh, you're going to Mike? He's that Oh, one. so it's like a union. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the pigeons are in on it. Whenever you that's why you only see pigeons in like big cities. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're all just there because that's where all the males going. 